Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a Big Show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott broadcasting live today from the main plaza right outside Vivint Smart Home Arena. We are here for Salt Lake City Summer League once again. Gordon, it's good to see you. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Jakester? I'm terrific. Uh, uh, We've got so much to talk about today, but uh, let's start off. You had a a good family weekend this weekend, my friend. Congratulations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another grandchild born into the family, so uh, yeah. Little girl named Bailey, and everything went well. Uh, everything was. Everybody's healthy. Mama's doing good. Yes, everything fantastic. Thankfully, that's terrific. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. for your family. That's you know, really one thing great. I've learned, Jake, through the years, uh, we all have ups and downs in our lives. It's just part of the experience. But man, you really got to celebrate those good times, don't you? Absolutely. Yep. That is that is terrific. What a great weekend for the Monson family. Uh, we're certainly happy for you. And, and your weekend, Jake. Uh, it was uh, it was good. Uh, the, the toddler had her first swim lesson, which was interesting. How'd that go? Well, she kicked a couple of times. And <laughs> she the did. kicking, the kicking is the hard part, right? Because the thrashing about that comes natural, right? And she didn't particularly like uh, putting her face in the water because you know, she said blow bubbles, and she didn't. Didn't care for that. So, uh, I got yeah. your bubbles. <laughs> but it was, it was, I guess, uh, a milestone of sorts. But uh, yeah. no, things, uh, things are good. It was a good weekend. Good. Good. Glad to hear it. Uh, we've got a lot to do today. Uh, the Jazz. You think? The Jazz made some uh, some news over the weekend. And it's I'm a good weekend for them. Very excited to get your thoughts on it. I know you've got a, co- a column up, sltrib.com, and uh, we'll go over some of the same stuff, I'm sure, but excited to get your take uh, on that. Uh, we're also going to be joined. We have a great guest list for you today. We have at 4 o'clock, Ryan Miller is going to join the show. And at 4.30, Steve Kyler, big uh, good friend of the big show, is going to be on with us. And then our friend Jonathan Reinhardt is going to join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Jonathan, of course, uh, president of the Salt Lake City Stars and uh, a big part of Salt Lake City Summer League. So we're going to talk to uh, Jonathan coming up. And the Stars well rep- uh, represented on the Jazz Summer League roster as yeah. well. My yeah. and, and ordinarily you would think, okay, it's sort of interesting. How interesting is it? But it really is interesting this time around because the Jazz are going to have slots. Yep, there's going to be space open. There's going to be space open. And who knows, one of these guys might really be able to play, or a couple of them. The Jazz are certainly hopes, hoping that it'll go that way. So uh, come on out and see what the Jazz have in their summer league team. Uh, and, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of uh, I'm really rather intrigued by what uh, this line of players can do. And, you know, uh, we'll get into all sorts of stuff that went on over the weekend. But if you think about it, Gordon, how important have the stars been for the Jazz in recent years? Because when you look at some guys that are going to play key roles for this team, 
George Niang Indeed. developed the stars. Yeah. Uh, Royce O'Neal uh-huh. spent time with the stars. I mean, those those two alone are going to get th- their roles are going to be much bigger next year. Think about even Rudy Gobert. Remember when he was yep. playing for the Bakersfield Jam or something? You know, I mean, that's yep. just that's what uh, that's what you do. You sort of plant the seeds and bring these guys along and see what they're capable of doing. Now, a lot of guys aren't seven foot one and have a wingspan the size of Connecticut, but. I mean, Rudy did, and so there was lots to work with there. Well, but Connecticut, not the biggest state. <laughs> now, if it were Nebraska or Texas. That would be saying something. That really would be saying something. So, yeah, this is exciting. And I think with the moves that the Jazz made over the last 48 hours, uh, Jake, uh, and, and prior to that, what? When did they do the Conley thing? About Two 10 weeks days ago? ago? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. something like that. That I think the interest level in the Jazz and what's going on is, uh, is peaking. Right now. And it should be. Uh, so come on down. So, uh, Salt Lake City Summer League tonight. Uh, expecting a, a good crowd, as always. Summer League very well supported around here. Uh, big ups to everybody who put together the three-on-three tournament across the way at the Park Place uh, parking lot today. Uh, Gordon, I don't know if you, you uh, had a chance to drive by that uh, part of the lot, but it is bumping over there. I There's know. a I, ton of people I, over I, there. I walked by, and uh, it looked like a party. So a competitive party going on. A lot of fun. I, I got to say, I, I'm glad that we are here on the main plaza and not uh, Austin, Tony, Scotty, Hans. I mean, when Tim and DJ were there this morning, it was a little cooler. But they were over there on the on the blacktop doing their show. Gordon, at least we're we've got the shade of the building and uh, we're on the nice concrete as opposed to Austin. What did you say the the index was over there by the time your show ended? Uh, right around Mars. <laughs> Very hot. It was 114, so you, I think. So you're all heated up, huh, Austin? Yeah, I uh, yeah. sweated all my hair off what was left on the top of my head there. It's gone. It's gone now. Yeah, but you got to admit, it kind of feels good to sweat. It does? Yeah, don't, I, I, well, we've been through this. Don't you think it feels good to sweat a little bit? No, not, not all day long. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You like to play sports in the heat like uh, some weirdo. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Not too much, though. I get what you're saying. All right. Uh, let's go ahead. Uh, let's get right into it. Let's talk about the Jazz. Big, big day yesterday. It's time <laughs> for the split story of the day. Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It is. And The Zone Sports Network. In between the circles, Conley fires a straightaway three. Foul called. Bring it up. Put three on the board. Oh, a four-point play could happen right now as Mike Conley with 34-6 for seven from long range tonight. Off the front of the rim, got his own rebound at the foul line. Here's Bogdanovich. Got his own rebound right out near the foul line and then delivered it to Bogdanovich, who has scored 31 points. O'Neal. Oh, and Davis, a major rejection. Davis denial. He tracked Royce O'Neal the entire way. Big day for the Utah Jazz yesterday. Big day in the NBA as a whole, Gordon. It was wild yesterday. Uh, But the Jazz signed Bojan Bogdanovic, who was, uh, as you heard the call right there previously, with the Indiana Pacers. And uh, it was kind of an interesting day for the Jazz. They they had their focus on Nikola Mirotic. Uh, Mirotic decided that he was going to go play in Europe, interestingly enough. And the Jazz moved their focus over to Bojan. And uh, they were able to wrap, uh, wrap him up with a four-year deal and uh, this 
Gordon, and, and we'll talk about Ed Davis in a moment, but uh, this is a really, really good fit. Yeah, and he's a, big, a really good player. He is. And uh, the second I heard about it before it happened, I thought, wow, okay, that's a good idea. And uh, say his name over and over. So let me see if you can say his name uh, five times in a row. Bojan Bogdanovich. A little faster. Bojan Bogdanovich. Bojan Bogdanovich. Bojan Bogdanovich. Bojan Bogdanovich. Wow, you got it down. <laughs> then I've been working on it all day. But <laughs> making sure I got it. The point is the guy flat shoot. I mean, this is a guy who's gotten better in his time in the NBA. And when you get him under the uh, under the direction of Quinn Snyder, I, I don't think it's going to do anything but get even better than it's been. And when a guy shoots 52% on corner threes, I mean, how often do you think he's going to get those opportunities? And if he doesn't get those opportunities, then guess who's going to be wide open dunking on someone's head in the, at the basket? Well, I'll, uh, I know you're, you're fishing for Rudy, but I'll say Rudy and Donovan. Because uh, it's, it's, how much more open is the lane going to be for him to maneuver and get to the basket? This is a big, big deal. And I know some of our, our listeners might not be that familiar with Bogdanovich. Get used to it, folks, because this guy can flat shoot. But he can do more than that. He can move. He can create. Last year when Oladipo got hurt, who took over the offense of that Pacers team? Bojan Bogdanovich. He sure did. So he can do things beyond just spot up and shoot. He is a gifted offensive player, and the Jazz can utilize that in so many ways. We already talked about the three-point shooting. Now, let's look at what the Jazz have in that starting lineup. You got Bogdanovich. Can he shoot? You got Joe Ingles. Can he shoot? You got Donovan Mitchell. Can he shoot? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, and yes. Mike Conley, can he shoot? Yes. And three of those guys can certainly create. So it's more than just spotting up and shooting. It's uh, creating an environment where the Jazz, when they find themselves in pressure situations in the playoffs, if a team decides that it wants to switch it defenses left and right and force the Jazz to go one-on-one, guess what? They can go one-on-one. Yep. The Jazz is going to score a bunch of points, folks. This is, this is interesting. And then they add Ed Davis, too, who can make up for some of the loss of uh, Derek Favors because he is a raw-boned rebounder, man. This guy can go get it. So on Bojan's deal financially, four years, $73 million. Any, any pause there? No. I have not. I think, I no. think that's a, a great deal. I yep. don't. In, in today's NBA, man, the numbers are just so mind-boggling that I, I can see why someone might get there. But uh, when you see other players – Signing deals that are two hundred million. I mean, it, it almost turns into monopoly for right. any money. You know, and if you look at it this way, which is what I like to do, a percentage of the cap, because I think that gives you a little bit better feel. Because the numbers are ludicrous. I mean, when Greg Ostertag signed his big deal that everybody was all up in arms about, wasn't that like million? Was it like six mil per or something like that? And now we're we're talking about that's. Almost a veteran's minimum now. Yeah, well, not quite, but uh, I think uh, you know what I'm getting at. Anyway, so you're looking at right around 16, 17% of your cap. And for a player like that? Yeah, that can not, open things up for not you. Not bad at all. And I said, as I said in the past, he's, he's had uh, improving seasons. I think under Quinn Snyder, he. Quinn Snyder, I've not talked with Quinn since this went down yesterday, but. I was tempted to call him because, I i mean, he has got tools now to do things that he's never had the opportunity to do before. He's tried to do some of those things. 
But, I mean, when you see guys like Ricky Rubio, Jay Crowder, Derek Favors being replaced by Bogdanovich and Mike Conley, and oh, Ricky Rubio in there, uh, uh, Mike Conley and, and the like, holy cow, this is something that uh, the Jazz is going to be good defensively. Uh, they're going to be nearly as good, if not better, offensively. See, I, I do think they took a – maybe you and I differ in opinion here a little bit because uh, I know you talked about this in, the, in your column. I do think they take a step back defensively. I guess the question is how large a step back. See, maybe second in the league to fifth. So not significant. You still got to go through Rudy Gobert to yep. get to the basket. The two places that teams in the NBA want to shoot the ball is at the rim and from the three-point line, and guys are going to struggle to shoot at the rim. Well, and Bojan is not a tradition. He hasn't played a lot of four in his career. He just hasn't. I saw a stat yesterday where he played 12% of the time at four last year. He's six. He's listed at 6'8", what, 215, 220? Right. Mm-hmm. So he's not a, a large guy. But like I said, some of the things that he can do are unique, uh, things that the Jazz have been lacking in the past. And so I, I don't know. We'll see. With the way Quinn stresses defense, Maybe uh, maybe guys can step it. I think Mike Conley, even though he is 31 years old, I think he is an upgrade at the point guard position as far as defense goes. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I am concerned about Bojan Garden Force, and I realize positionless basketball and leagues changing, and I got it. But he hasn't traditionally played a whole lot at that position, well, and guess, he's going to be asked to. And I, I guess who's going to be standing there when he does get beat? Rudy. No, I got it. I got it, but I mean the Jazz have been the best. I mean they were they were the I know they were ranked second, but they were the best defensive team in the league last year. They got off to a slow start, uh, but when they came on, I mean they were great. They were absolutely great. I'm not so sure that that's the ceiling anymore. I I also think this Gordon, and this is just me spouting. I'm, I haven't talked to anybody about this. I, I wonder if there's another move out there. I I think they would prefer to bring Joe Ingles off the bench if they could find a way to do it. Do you now? I do. And the reason for that is because you don't need four shooters on the floor at one time? No, no, no. I think they like that. I, I think that Joe is more suitable to coming off the bench. I think you'd rather have – I think you'd rather be playing Joe 22 to 25 minutes a night as opposed to 30. I thought, we, I, I thought we saw Joe wear down a little bit, and I think some of those tired legs affected his shooting at times. And – you know, he's now in his, I guess, still early 30s, but he's working up to mid-30s. I think they wouldn't mind having his pop come off the bench either. So who do you think they want to start in his stead? But that's the problem. If they don't add anybody of that caliber or don't think... I mean, we saw Royce O'Neal play some four a little bit last year. Maybe that's something that they would consider. But if you don't have the personnel to, to move Joe to a bench role, then they're not going to do it. I'm just talking about, I think, in an ideal world... They would bring him in with the second unit, slinging, you know, shooting with all those guys and maybe even closing games, but not necessarily playing, you know, 30 to 35 minutes a night. I think that's a little too much for him. But I'm just talking about perfect world here. It's going to be after what Jazz fans have, uh, I don't want to say endured, but have witnessed over the past couple of years where they see Quinn Snyder's offense creating open shot after open shot and seeing on some nights the guys make those. That's how many times have we see the Jazz where they were shoot 54% on a night and you go, wow, 
And then other nights, they'd shoot 37%. Yep. Happened a lot. It's gonna, that percentage is going to stay higher this time around on a consistent basis. And so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch that ball you know, just sort of rotate through the air and drop through that net because it's going to happen at a much higher rate than it has in the past. And uh, that's good news because it was the weakness. This addresses the weakness, the major weakness. The two weaknesses the Jazz had were perimeter shooting and ability to create shots. Now they got both. And other teams can't cheat anymore on defense, yeah. which I saw Mitchell was, night in and night out. How many out. times have we seen Donovan Mitchell absolutely surrounded by defenders? Yep. And in the playoffs with Rudy, how often did they cheat uh, to stop Rudy rolling? The Rockets did it the whole series. So now if they do that, Jake, guess who's standing over there open for a shot? Because you can't do that to Rudy unless you're committing at least two resources to do it. So somebody's open. And you can't go under on those picks either because Mike Conley will make you pay. Yeah. So so we sound, I sound, you sound, we both sound optimistic. We don't want to get caught too much up in hype here. But we're not the only ones saying this. This, These moves have been lauded across the league. Now, there are some folks out there who wonder a little bit. There always are. But I think the vast majority of NBA experts are very bullish on the Jazz after these moves that they've made. Like you said, it's not the big moves like what the Nets did, but... It's going to be pretty effective. I think we can all see that coming. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. And we can get, we'll get more into the rest of the NBA and what the Nets did uh, coming up in our, in our next segment and talk about it. But the way that this team has been constructed, you can really embrace, right? I mean, even right down, everybody's bummed about losing favors, and I get it. And, and he was a great part of the community, and he really embraced playing here. He sacrificed a lot for the team. There's a lot to like about that guy. But the fact that, the, that they were even to work it out, that they could get a couple of pieces, I know sick and round picks, but yeah. you get a couple of pieces in return on a sign and trade. I love that fit for him, by the way, yeah. in New Orleans. I think Playing he's going gonna to have an opportunity to to really have a great season uh, next year. Uh, but the way, that it, the way that it happened where you bring in pieces that fit as opposed to signing, say, mercenaries, you know, that are going to come in and be your top guys. You know, Rudy and Donovan, that's organic. The Jazz scouted that. I know they didn't draft him technically, but more or less, you know, traded for him on on draft night. You have developed them, and now you plug in pieces that are complementary to them, not take away from them, but complementary to them. I mean, I think you can really embrace how this team has has come together. Even right back to what we were talking about with with George Niang and Royce O'Neal, a couple of guys that you you grabbed out of nowhere, developed the crap out of, and now we're going to come in and play some, uh, in Royce's case, I think he's going to play a real major role for this team. You've always liked him. Yep. And he's going to be counted on to do some pretty important things. Uh especially if he's coming off the bench. I mean, he's going to have to be a real leader on that second unit. Yep, absolutely. And he'll play, I bet you he'll play four different positions this year. (laughs) That's funny to think about, but you're right. You know, and Jake, no one has, I I, I don't want to use the word complained. I, I don't think so much that I was complaining, but I was calling for aggression on the part of the Jazz to step forward and do it. And they, well, you, we can argue whether the timing was exactly right. Could they have done this stuff earlier? Maybe they could. Maybe they couldn't have. But the fact is that when they did strike, they struck effectively. And that, that's yep. what they've got now. And that's sort of what that column is about at sltrib.com if you want to check it out. That the Jazz were patient and that they saw an opportunity and they struck. And I, I, I just don't know. 
you'd have to be fairly cynical not to be charged up about what the Jazz have done here. I, I don't see the only scenario under which I see any kind of problem for them uh, would be the I word. And I'm not talking about selfishness. I'm talking about injury. And I really don't want to talk about the I word. Why would that be selfishness? Because I, there's no oh, okay. I and T. You know, the famous silent I, I Jake. I, yeah. I, as in me, 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 I, I, I. It's kind of like I, island. It's spelled I-S. Selfishness. No. <laughs> Jake, put the dots together here. I, as in me, being selfish. I know you are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. We're live here at the Salt Lake Summer League. We're sitting on the main plaza outside Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're going to talk about the big deals that went down through the rest of the league coming up right around the corner. Boy, was yesterday wild. Has Kawhi made up his mind yet? Haven't seen anything on Kawhi quite yet. Come on, Kawhi. Hurry up and don't go to the Lakers. Stay right? in Toronto, Kawhi. <laughs> All right. We'll have uh, more straight ahead. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Your attention, please. You're locked on to the big show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the day today, White Snake, selected by me and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets to get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Why, no, why White Snake? I don't know. It felt like some, some 80s rock probably would get us going today, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, right? People are fired up, right? The summer leagues here, basketball, jazz. Had, I feel like it's like an 80s rock kind of mood, you know? Okay. Everybody's right. pumped up. Everyone with the big hair? 80s hair was pretty rad. We should bring that back, Gordon. White snake. I want to remind you as well, the Ute Conference uh, uh, introduces the new Fall Flag Football League. Boys and girls ages 5 and five to 7 learn to play, love the game, have great experience. Come play flag football. Sign up today at UteConferenceFootball.org. All right, uh, Gordon. Yesterday uh, was absolutely wild. Um, we're getting some uh, we're getting some news in from Adrian Wojnarowski about Jimmy Butler. He's uh, he has a deal uh, sign in trade with the Heat. Uh, it is now a four team trade uh, that includes the Clippers, Philadelphia, and Portland. Everybody in the pool. So this is a part of the Hassan Whiteside uh, deal as well. And so Jimmy Butler going to get a max contract in Miami. And uh, Josh Richardson is uh, part of the deal headed to Philadelphia. So there's a little news uh, coming across the wire. Explain something to me. Okay. When did Jimmy Butler fall in love with Miami? I, I don't know, but he did not make that. Uh, he did not make that decision to win rings, did he? Now I understand there are things to like about Miami, but. I don't think a whole lot of people were talking about that before it happened. No, no, uh, not at all. Well, we heard maybe a rumbling or two 
on Friday, I want to say, that uh, Miami was in the mix. But uh, no, by no means did it seem like a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Uh, other big deals yesterday. You brought up the Nets a little bit in uh, our first segment, Gordon. They signed uh, Kevin Durant. They also signed Kyrie Irving uh, to close to max free agent deals. Uh, apparently, they both sacrificed a little money so they DeAndre. could also sign DeAndre Jordan. So explain something to me, will you? Have you been reading these uh, stories that those two decided they were playing together like a year and a half ago or some Yeah, sense? Kurt Heelan had that out. I may, some other folks may have had it as well, but that's the first place do I saw Do you think it. they knew they wanted to go to the Nets, or do you think that was just an add-on uh, somewhere along the way? See, I, I kind of wonder because you could see this space with the Nets coming yeah. uh, for, for a couple of years now. And then we know the the close relationship that Rock Nation has with the Brooklyn Nets. And of course, you, you look at the agents and the, 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 the relationships that they had, and maybe um, maybe they did know that they were going to Brooklyn. Maybe they had it known, they knew, knew it all along. So all this stuff comes down to the wire. Nobody's sure what's going on. And actually, this stuff is not supposed to happen in advance like that. That's the biggest joke in the NBA now, isn't it? Oh, even even more so now that it's just so completely obvious that these teams are in negotiations. I mean, Kimball Walker, he sure worked that deal in a hurry, didn't he, going to the Celtics? I mean... Strange how that happens. <laughs> so, I mean... See, when something has happened like that and everybody knows it, then why even have the facade? You know? Because I guess you have to, because you have to have, you know... I mean, let me let me put it this way. What do you do? Just make it open season all the time? I don't know. I mean, I you have know. to have a, a some sort of time period established to yeah, do Yeah, but no one's listening. No one's following the rule. Maybe someone is, but not many. Well, and if you are following the rules, you're probably losing out. Uh, yeah, you're probably, uh, and, and maybe that's the that's the reason why they basically just ignore it. So, if those two decided they were going to play together, you cannot tell me that agents were in contact with a couple of options. Make seeing what was there, seeing what they, this had to be going on. I agree. Wink, wink, wink. Keep it quiet. And now, then, boom, it happens. I'm not so sure how good the Nets are going to be, though. One, DeAndre Jordan is way past his prime. I mean, I don't know. Is, is he really uh, a member of a big three of any sort anymore? Is he really good enough to be considered that? And then Kevin Durant, what, what player comes back? He's not going to come back until after next year. And Kyrie Irving, I don't know. I don't see him him being the guy leading a team anywhere. He's never done it before with, uh, you know, LeBron was the leader of those Cleveland teams. They sucked before LeBron got there, and then he just destroyed Boston. I mean, what a, what a joke that was. And so what's going to happen over the next year? Well, Kyrie's going to get beat up a little bit. He's going to try and lead the team. And then, uh, and then Kevin Durant comes in in two years and says, I uh, hope you had a nice run as the leader, but... Uh, Daddy's back. So, so Kyrie Irving is watching the NBA Finals, and he sees Kevin Durant go out on the floor, and next thing you know, he sees a serious injury. What goes through his mind in that moment if all this was foreordained, as it were? Um, Panic? 
I don't know. I don't know about panic. I mean, it didn't really adjust the plan, did it? Well, I, maybe not, but still, it uh, it would have been a lot better for him had Kevin Durant been ready to go next year right out of the gate. I got it, but I, I think we are also seeing that maybe titles aren't the most important thing in the world to these guys. It, it could be other stuff. Like, it's obvious those two both wanted to play in, uh, in New York, especially Kevin Durant. So if titles are the most important thing, then Kawhi Leonard decides to go to the Lakers again, right? Well, if, if the titles were the most important thing to Kevin Durant, he certainly would have stayed in Golden State. Right? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what he was thinking or what, why he was making the decisions he was making. But uh, I kind of like that that's the case because it brings some variance to what the landscape looks like. Right, a little and, parody. And it sort of is the antithesis of these guys trying to build super teams because it's an easy title. Well, well I like the parody too. I'm with you. And now the Kawhi Leonard uh, thing is still out there. Kawhi could take even a couple more days to make up his mind, but it, it seems like the wind is blowing the Lakers' direction. Lakers and Clippers or Raptors, really. That's it, right? Yep. Those are the three in consideration. What, if, what, if the, what if the Lakers don't get him? I mean, there will be major disappointment around that fan base, huh? Well, they'll have to use that money somewhere else to fill out the roster, which actually might not be the worst thing in the world for them. They get two, three players out of that $32 million as opposed to just one. Because, they I mean, they've only got four players under contract right now. So Who's left? And that's, I mean, guys like, I don't know, have we seen Danny Green fall yet? You know, maybe. He's probably sitting back waiting to see what's going to happen. Right, yeah. see exactly what, uh, what goes down. But I think it'd be so good for the parity of the league if he stayed in Toronto. I mean. Kawhi coming west to join the Lakers, but but and Austin and I were talking about this before the show. Here's the thing with Kawhi, he wants the love. He's all about the love. That's what he wanted the whole time. Attention. He wanted he wanted all of that. And where better can you get it than in L.A. with the Lakers playing on a super team? However, I I if I were Kawhi, I wouldn't want to go take a back seat to LeBron. But maybe, maybe that's would, what maybe, he wants. Maybe he wouldn't. Oh, he would. You think? Now, I think he's probably, right now, I think he's a better player than LeBron, but he's not LeBron. He's already won two titles with teams that were not super teams. I mean, well, I guess the Spurs were pretty darn good, but he was the man. He was the MVP in the finals. So maybe he's already put that behind him. And he feels like, okay, look, I've already proved I, I was the MVP, the finals MVP on two different teams already. So... Maybe he's good with whatever uh, comes his way now. You know what will be interesting is if Kawhi goes to the Lakers, how uh, Anthony Davis will react to getting Chris Boshed and Kevin Love. <laughs> I'm not kidding. His numbers are going to go down playing with uh, if, if Kawhi goes there playing with those two guys. Well, there's only one ball. Right, and we've seen exactly what happens. However, LeBron has proved that he can, that he can play, he can get the ball to his teammates. You know, I mean, maybe in crunch time, he and and he, he may say, "Okay, get out of my way now." But especially when you're a big player, when you're a big man, you sort of have to rely on others to get you the ball. Now, Anthony Davis is a is didn't he play guard? 
in, in high, high school, school or yeah, something. And then he hit his growth spurt. Yeah. So he can he can handle the ball a little bit. Maybe he can get his own shot a little. But still, he's going. LeBron's going to have a ball in his hands. Right. right. I mean, that's just the way it is. So if he chooses to give it to his to to the big man, then uh, then he's going to score a bunch of points. If he, if uh, Kawhi Leonard is involved in the whole thing, and Kawhi's over there saying, "Hey, man, I don't want to score 17 points a game," then but, then then AD is going to have to right take his part. He's going to be the one that sacrifices. Watch. Mark my words. Because you guys, say LeBron can get get his guys the ball, I don't know if I agree with that. Name a uh, name a uh, big man that that got that number. His numbers got better playing with LeBron. Well, let me say it this way: Zadrunas Ilgaskis, maybe he can. Well, I know, but there have been many times when he hasn't had an option like Anthony Davis standing there. Chris Bosh was an All Star well, when they I went mean, to yeah, Miami. Okay, Kevin Love okay. was an All Star okay, in Minnesota. Okay. But that's still that's the that's the anomaly. Chris Bosh has talked openly about that. How you get the you get the the rings, but you get the shaft. Too. You are also you're also the the third guy in line. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's certainly capable of passing the ball and setting his teammates up. You can't say LeBron's not a good passer. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess. He's he's from that mold of let the air out of the ball and then I'll figure out whether I want to be generous enough to give you the ball <laughs> with about four or five seconds left to go. He's from that school. That's why so many players in the NBA, NBA are just dying to play with him, right? Yeah. Not well, really. we'll see if Kawhi is. I mean... Man, I hope he stays in Toronto. I really do. Uh, anything else, uh, real quick, jump out at you? I mean, there were so many moves. It'd be impossible to go over them in just, just one segment. But yeah, just there were, there were so many moves. And then the leftovers. And they're, they're fighting for the scraps now, relatively speaking. You know? And so uh, that's, that's interesting to me. Uh, some guys sort of got left out. Well, that's how it's always been. There's yeah. there's a hierarchy to the to the whole thing, and actually, I think that's what's uh, smart about the Jazz going out and, and grabbing Bojan when they did wasted really no time about going out there and snagging him, saying we're not worried about the hierarchy. Yeah. We want we want you, and we want it now. The one that that really jumped out at me that I don't think is a really good fit is Al Horford in Philadelphia. What on earth was that all about? Uh, well, that'll you be know, there's a. They go back to Boston, huh? You know, there's a, a center on the the Sixers already. There is, there is somebody. He's, there. he's pretty good. I uh, I think. What about the Angelo Russell and uh, Golden State? What do you think of that one? I don't know if it's a very good fit. I mean, they need scoring, but let me let me tell you. So Gordon. you're going to let Steph Curry just float freely and and have D'Angelo Russell handle all the ball I'm guessing uh, you'll see him split a lot of those duties and you'll still see Draymond handle the ball a lot but let me tell you we could grab you me Austin Talon our on-site engineer and uh, anybody else and probably score 100 points on the Golden State Warriors. You think it's going to be that bad? Oh, their defense well, is... Well, D'Angelo Russell isn't exactly anyone's stopper, is he? And no. Steph Curry, that's going to put pressure on him defensively. And all Draymond these- Green's going to be... His head's going to be swiveling, looking all around, going, hey, fellas, have a little help here. All these, all those incredibly useful, versatile defenders like Andre, Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston, yeah, they got them. So... Iguodala's going to end up with the Lakers, isn't he? It, uh, that would not surprise me. He got mm-hmm. uh, traded to Memphis, and Memphis is uh, going to buy him out. And so we'll see. 
There's a, there's a guy you could root to end up with the Jazz, maybe if he's all the way down listening to veteran minimum offers. So when we come back, Jake, let's list the teams that we think are real threats now. I mean, look, we know it's all guessing, and th- these guys, it's all on paper at this point. We don't know the chemistry issues that are either going to work in favor or against certain teams. Well, let's just sort of guess maybe the top three or four teams in each conference and see how, we, how well, that lines up. It starts with the Hornets, <laughs> and then move on to the Cavs. You think Michael Jordan's sitting there going, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Well, uh, then he looks at the... Uh, net worth of the franchise and how far that's climbed in the last decade and then goes, oh yeah. No matter, no matter how that's ineptly right. run it is. I forgot. I own an NBA franchise whose value has skyrocketed. You were a Charlotte guy once. You, you, know, you must look at what's going on there and think, what went wrong? Well, I know bad management. That's what we're giving uh, Nicholas Batum all that money. That's what went wrong. Uh, All right. We'll have more coming up next. We want to remind you, come join The Zone and ARUP on Wednesday, July 3rd, from noon until 6, 9786 South, 500 West. Come save a life and donate some blood. Takes only 30 minutes, and you will receive a Megaplex gift card and popcorn voucher, not to mention a bunch of jazz gear. So check it out. That's going on on Wednesday. We're live from the main plaza outside Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're here for Salt Lake City Summer League tonight. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. The Jazz were one bullet away from this thing getting serious. The combination of Bogdanovich and Conley, the two positions that they needed something exceptional from, and they are now getting, they have now received it, and now it's serious. And I love the Ed Davis pickup. Ed Davis is fine enough, <laughs> to put it lightly. To come off the to, bench? To come off the bench yeah. and back up Rudy. And you mentioned the starting lineup, Tony. I think the starting lineup needs a nickname. Sorry. And it combines all the <laughs> Assumed starting lineup players. Go Bogdanovichinsley. Kind like of ro- rolls off the yeah. tongue. The rug. Yeah. Go Bogdanovichinsley. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The best coverage of the Utah Jazz in the NBA is right here on The Big Show. Kick it. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 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 Is this love that I Court Ingles kicks to Neto. He's deep in the corner, maybe too deep. Nope, it's perfect. How will Neto for three on the left side?
Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. We're going to talk to Ryan Miller of KSL coming up here uh, right around the corner. Of course, he works for or he covers the Jazz for KSL. Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders will join us uh, at uh, 4.30, Gordon. But quick, you uh, proposed a question before the break. Yeah, who do you think are the, on paper now, who would you list amongst the most dangerous teams Maybe three or four in the East, three or four in the West. And where do the Jazz rank? Oh, there's such a big piece that's yet to, yes, yet to decide, which yes. makes this. Well, um, you can do either scenario. I guess there's three. Because I would include Toronto if Kawhi stays, and okay. I would include the Lakers, certainly, if Kawhi goes there. If Kawhi goes to the Lakers, are they head and shoulders ahead of the Jazz? Um... I think so. Now hard, I had this, hard to argue against seven that kind of talent. Wow. I, I had this debate with with Austin off the air, and he feels a little bit differently. But I mean, I think Kawhi and LeBron are both top five players in the league. I don't know if Anthony Davis is top five, but he's close. If he's not, yeah, right? You got to say top ten, don't you? Certainly would say top ten, and to have three of those players and a good young piece like Kyle Kuzma. On, and I mean, that's. That, those four players will take you a long way regardless of who you fill the rest of the team out with. So, By the way, Kyle Kuzma's one of the luckiest dudes in the league. If he hadn't gone to the Lakers, what percentage of NBA fans would know? Oh, I think he'd be good at other teams. I'm not saying he wouldn't be good. I'm just saying that he took a quantum leap in landing with the Lakers. Now everyone talks about him like he's some budding star. Oh, that's not because he's on the Lakers. It certainly didn't hurt. Oh, uh, see, this is this is your generation of basketball fans thinks it all starts and ends in Los Angeles with the Lakers. I think he would be good. Excuse me, that's, and, not, that's not what I'm saying. And I'm saying I think the fact be, that he's in LA makes a big, big difference. Hmm. Especially I how disagree. he gets to the arena, there, Jake. He takes the 405 to the 23. <laughs> Exactly. Down to the PCH. Uh, yeah. Over to the eight. <laughs> the eight. Get the, the off ramp in San Diego. <laughs> get the off ramp and then get right back on to the twelve. Watch out for Harbor Boulevard. It's at a, a traffic or at a rush hour. That's a dangerous. Jump on to Sepulveda real quick and uh, Wilshire you know, is the better one. Yeah. Oh, good. Great point. I think he'd be what he is on many other teams. Now, I think he busted his butt in order to uh, win over LeBron and not get traded. We may have to bring a third opinion into this. Maybe Ryan can help straighten you guys we can out. Get, we can get his opinion coming up yeah. next. Stay mm-hmm. tuned. We'll, we'll have uh, more of this conversation uh, as well. Who are now the favorites in the league? And where, uh, where do you put the Jazz on that list? The we'll continue to talk about it. Jazz are on that list, folks. And that's something for Jazz fans to get excited about. We want to remind you about Win Ticket Wednesday. Listen this Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to the NotFest Roadshow. As uh, uh, it features Slipknot, Volbeat, Gojira. Is that how you say that? The who? Gojira? I don't know. Ryan's looking at me like, no, you have what, no idea. The what? Why what? G-O-J-I-R-A. Gojira. All right, if you say so. Behemoth, uh, when it comes to USANA Amphitheater, August 1st, 2019. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. We're talking jazz with Ryan Miller coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.